0: everybody, Scott Burnside back for the Monday edition of Two Man Advantage, the podcast. I got to tell you, there were times Saturday night I was like, okay, we're going to be talking Tampa Bay Stanley Cup celebration. What are they going to do with the pandemic parade, all those kinds of things. Guess what? Corey Perry and the Dallas Stars have other ideas, and that is why... We will be looking forward to game six of the Stanley Cup final. I, I wish they were playing best of nine, frankly. That's, that's just me. easy for me to say. I'm in a closet in Decatur, Georgia. Our guest, however, John Forslund, the great... Voice of NHL hockey and John, I was so excited that you were coming on, and I knew that there was still going to be more hockey to be played because when you and I chatted, I think Eric Dehatchek was with us because Pierre was on vacation. Still, you and I chatted with Eric Dehatchek on Two Man Advantage. I think, if I, my memory serves, you were literally packing to get ready to go to the bubble in Toronto before return to play. Uh, you've moved from one hotel in Toronto to another, then moved to Edmonton, but you literally have been in the a bubble since the last time we spoke and I, I, am i right and how are you doing how are things going for you
1: well first of all scott great to hear your voice again and <laughs> and secondly can i rule out the best of nine scenario can i just rule that out is that all right <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry I, all I, right no
0: uh, one pays attention okay. to me anyway john
1: I, so. I, I i do best of nine um <laughs> i'll tell you what this has been a a, a terrific experience uh, i couldn't have imagined how this would play out. Nobody could. Um, the plaudits are well learned for the NHL and the Players Association to pull, pull this off and, and get to this place. Uh, the ho- I think the hockey, by and large, has been great. I think how it has uh, tran- translated over television has been terrific. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's been a long grind. I won't, I won't lie to you. and We can go- probably go into that, but uh, great experience, no question.
0: Well, yeah. So let's we're going to get to Game Six, obviously, and uh, but I, I am really curious because I, and I, I think back to our conversation, and and I I don't think I'm misremembering. You were were literally packing. You were going to get ready to go basically into the unknown, and you're still there. And I wonder, even though you've moved, like you physically moved from the Royal York to hotel. X, right in where the, the most of the teams were and then went with the the groups from the east to Edmonton had I, like th- there was no way to really know I don't think what to expect but what has been different for you or what have you when you think about your time this long time in the bubble away from your family are there things that have surprised you or things that you were like geez I didn't know it would be like that
1: I did first of all professionally I didn't know that the job would um play out like it has and what I mean by this is I had a lot of trepidation about you know what would it be like to call a game without crowd noise without fans in the building you know do we have to manufacture the energy where's that going to come from how's it going to sound in my headsets and and unless you do this job you really can't relate to that but Um, You know, you you have to be, you know, in the game, at least that's how I how I do it. And when the crowds in the building and you have ice effects and you hear the skates and the posts and the whistles and the uh, stick to stick passes and all this stuff, you 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 feel like you're in the game. Uh, They've done a great job with that. And so from day one, the very first game that Brian Boucher and I did uh, in Toronto, uh, Carolina, and the New York Rangers, that was the first game on August 1st, it felt real. And because it felt real and the way the players have have brought the intensity and the the nature of the game has taken over, um, that part has been great. It has been Groundhog Day. Every day has been the same. At the beginning of the tournament, doing two or three games a day. So, yeah, it was... uh, uh, once you get through all of that, and then you understand, you know what you're here for. I think there, it, obviously, it's historic, and obviously this is a tremendous opportunity to be part of this. So that that type of adrenaline, I think, carries everybody through. And again, I think the games have been great to watch.
0: Yeah, I, I honestly, it's been, you know, it sounds it's easy for me to say. I'm sitting in a closet in Decatur, Georgia, and you know, having watched. Know f- from that very first game, noon Eastern, August 1st. I, I like, uh, I can't tell you in this house how excited we were to hear your call of that Rangers Canes game. And, you know, here we are now, almost the end of September, and, you know, Stanley Cup still in the offing. And I, I'd like to go back just briefly. I, 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 we keep marveling, and I don't know, it's come up in conversations many times, just casual conversations, but what it's like for. For you, I think of of Brian Boucher, I think of Pierre Maguire, to do not just high-level important playoff games, but at the beginning to do two or three a day. I mean, what was was that like, and was that different than you imagined your schedule was going to be and what it was going to take from you to produce that kind of quality time after time after time?
1: Right, and the hardest part about that, Scott, is is managing the facts. Believe it or not, just <laughs> understanding the next game you do, where the series is, who's playing. I mean, very simply, it's easy to get confused as you, as you tire and you fatigue. It's easy to make mistakes. It's easy to to blunder somebody's name. Um, all these things, you know, keep a keep an announcer up at night. By and large, um, the 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 toughest one was a 4 o'clock and an 8 o'clock back-to-back, um, basically rolling off the 4 o'clock game, taking an hour to recoup, and, and again, prep for the next game. Obviously, that work was already done, but just get mentally ready to do it and then bring the energy because people that you know, are watching the 8 o'clock game didn't necessarily watch the 4 o'clock game. So those are the things that I found really challenging but also exhilarating at the same time.
0: Yeah, it it and uh, it, because you've been in the bubble, John, I I wonder. And I had a chance, I chatted with some of the Philadelphia Flyers coaching staff early on, had a chance to chat with Zach Bogosian about, you know, his family situation and his journey, of course. And, I, I, you know, it's hard to get a real sense of what that daily life is like in the bubble. And I wonder, like, are, do you run into the officials or the NHL staff or the players? And especially as we've narrowed down to the end of the telescope here where, you know, at conference final, there are four teams. And when you moved to Edmonton now, they're just the two. Do you run into the players and coaches, and is your relationship different at the end of this process than you know during a normal playoff run when you know you're in a hotel, but and and your interactions are different.
1: They really are, and and with all of those people, the referees, the linesmen, the coaches, the players, uh, we're all together. And you know what's what's different is that. You do have personal interaction with the players. Very seldom do you talk about the game. Um, they, they ask us how we're doing, how our families are, how you're getting through this. That's what this is all about internally. Okay. And then you jump on these Zoom calls and you listen to, you know, the media and you listen to that spin. And, you, you know, we can't watch a practice. We can't watch a morning skate. We have no idea who's playing until we watch the warm up. You know the, the normal cloak of secrecy that surrounds the playoff series and, and how guarded everybody is about information. So, um, this is at another level. And, and you, you watch the warm up and you determine who's in the game. Uh, and that's when you find out. You look at line combinations. You never see a practice. You never uh, see a game day skate. You're never in and around the locker rooms anymore. And so the league has done a nice job with these Zoom calls, but they are what they are. It's real difficult to to access information. So um, I think most most importantly within the bubbles, it's been personal relationships uh, that you've been able to forge with players. Where, uh, like I said, they they they're concerned about your well-being. Are you healthy? Uh, you know, how's your family at home? They learn stuff about us. We learn a lot about them. Um, and I know that it's been an issue for the players that have wondered to get to this point, will they see their families? And some of the families are here, um, but the, the, the American families or those that are living in the United States couldn't get here, and that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, I agree. And that—that that is, you know, it's been we had uh, Emily Kaplan on from ESPN last week and talking about her, you know, the stories, you, talking to the players and, and their disappointment at that. I wonder sort of on a personal level, how, what it's what's it been like for you and your family or and like, I don't know if you kept a diary or because this is this is something I mean, knock on wood here, we're never going to this will never happen. In, in our life it may never happen to the game again so in, in many ways you are part of history john and i wonder if you you know what what that's been like for you and your family and if you've recorded this in some way where, you know because this this is part of something uh, that will that will stand the test of time i think in terms of the the history of this game
1: scott i i probably should have kept a journal i didn't so like a lot of things in my life i i, I didn't come through <laughs> once again no pressure so, huh? i wasn't putting pressure yeah, yeah but <laughs> I think, I think what I'm going to do when I go home, when I, when I finally get settled and I have some free time, I'm going to go through game by game what I actually was involved in. Because there's been so much of it, it's been a blur. And I want to relive some of the moments, I want to, and then I think that will refresh my memory, and that will give me an opportunity to understand what we really did here. So I'm gonna do that. As far as my family is concerned, uh, um, like everybody else, I mean, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been difficult, but I, I don't think there's been any angst, you know, from them. They like to get me out of the house whenever possible. Um, this, is a, this is another uh, level of that. Like, you know, I've got two in college and one in high school. So everybody's all over the place. And when we do get home and we have this brand new off season, which will include October and November, uh, which has never happened before, where you get an American Thanksgiving at home with no hockey games, that's going to be different. We're going to take advantage of it. We're going to travel around and see them and, uh, and, and hope for the next season, whenever that is.
0: Uh, good stuff. Well, it, we do know this. <laughs> we don't know if it'll be tomorrow or if it'll be Thursday, but we do know that the end is in sight. And I'm curious what you made of Saturday night, of course, a dramatic Game 5, double overtime, Corey Perry providing the heroics. Normally, uh, we, we hear about Corey Perry, sometimes it's been about... Oh, I don't like that hit or that play necessarily, but man, what a night for Corey Perry, the veteran signed in the offseason by the Dallas Stars. And I know your role is a little bit different now with uh with Doc Emmerich calling the game. You're sort of you're like the referee who's waiting in case something happens, you got to fill in for Doc or for Eddie O or whatever, but you have a great perspective on this, and I wonder what you, what you, how you unpacked Game Five because it looked like for a long time that this was going to be Tampa's moment.
1: This series, the entire series, has looked like that. You know, it looks like aside from the first game, right? Aside from the first game where I think Tampa Bay was gassed, and and Dallas was refreshed with their four days off after you know doing away with Vegas, so they they had an opportunity to kind of jump them in the series. But I think that game is a microcosm of the entire series of which, you know, here's your maybe your eventual Stanley Cup champion. But here come the Dallas Stars again, and they, they won't go away. And so Corey Perry and how good is Joe Pavelski been? I mean, he's been absolutely great. Tyler Sagan may have had his best game in game five. He still hasn't scored, I believe, in 13 games. If he, if he breaks through tonight... What happens then? Uh, Hudobin's been the darling of the playoffs. It's been a great story to watch. But then you have all this greatness on the other side. And they're poised to to be the champs, there's no question. But um, I I just think anything is possible at this point. And um, and the resiliency of this Dallas group that has been in this bubble since July 26th, um, and I've been around them, quite. uh, both teams really now, because we're with Tampa Bay out east, but you understand the tightness to get here. And I think we talked about this uh, with Eric the last time I was with you. Whoever gets it is, is a very, very special group in many dimensions, not just the hockey. It's the chemistry. It's the, it's the buy-in. It's how about the, the healthy extras who don't play, who have been here for weeks and are, are getting worked out every day for getting an opportunity. And many of those players like Justin Dowling who jumped in for the first time in game five for Dallas, you know, he's got his wife here, he's had a baby during this pandemic, the newborn's here, he's just from Calgary. Um, he finally gets a chance to play after basically practicing for eight weeks. Um, to me, that commitment has been unbelievable. And uh, again, just a tribute to the guys. That's all it is.
0: Yeah. John, we're going to take a, a quick break. We'll come back and get some final thoughts for you on, on Game 6 and maybe a couple of other hockey notes before we let you get back to your pre-Game 6 routine in Edmonton. But uh, don't go away. We'll be right back with John Forslund. Last week is in the books. Now it's time to review the tape and prepare for this week. There is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes, up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now, because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, and catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Now, download the DraftKings app and use code RUN, R-U-N. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the Week 4 action. Enter code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code RUN only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. John, I couldn't agree more with that. the whole – every day is so fluid. And, again, it goes back to what you are saying. You can't watch the, the morning skates. You don't really have any interaction with the players outside the Zoom. And so all you find out is that, you know, God, you know from what I understand, you know, Wrote by Hintz, Ben Bishop, uh, the guys at Stephen Johns, they won't be able to play. And of course, the news formalized uh, yesterday by uh, head coach John Cooper, Stephen Stamkos, won't be available for the remainder of the Stanley Cup final, which of course would be either tonight or on Wednesday in Game 7. Um, but is there someone you're really looking forward to watching tonight and, and maybe a player on each team where like, okay, this this I'm curious to see how this plays out and whether it impacts whether we come back Wednesday night or, or whether Tampa picks up its second, second Stanley Cup championship and, and first since 2004.
1: I think tonight from the beginning, this is the, the will or the, the, any kind of lifeline that Dallas may have recaptured needs to go away early in the game. So I think the real difference with Tampa Bay, when you look at their team, you look at the, the great play of Braden Point. All these guys that I'm going to mention are in the running for the Conn Smythe if Tampa Bay wins. Uh, Nikita Kucherov. Um, the goaltender, Vasilevsky, Victor Hedman, who's been incredible, but you know the last couple of games, not at the same level, um, is, is their third line of Yanni Gord and Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman. As you know, both wingers were acquired at the training deadline. They have to have what they've been able to bring throughout this playoff, um, that forechecking style that, that doesn't let the D- Dallas defense breathe at all. And if they can get to that early in the game, that could determine where it goes because I think right now there's a, there's a gasping breath that Dallas is taking, and it seems like they're in a, they're in a permanent uh, hyperbaric chamber, right? They 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 if you give them if you give them some some opportunity to breathe, they're gonna get better as the game goes along, and then if the goalie gets a hold of it, <clears> Hudobin <throat> gets really hot again. Um, he can out goaltend the other guy, which is a lot to say. The other guy is elite. So um, I think that's what it's all about. I think Tampa Bay understands let's not flirt with disaster here, which for them would be getting into a game seven circumstance. Let's get to it as early as possible. And the difference for John Cooper and his team this year is the fact that they have more grit than they have in the past. And that might determine, you know, that they're they are going to get a chance to raise the cup we'll
0: see you know uh, Anton Hutobin from his uh, oh yeah he's been, he's been a lot of places but he spent some time in in carolina back uh, sort of floating between carolina and uh did some did some time down in charlotte just a couple of games in the H L, but a couple of seasons with the uh with the hurricanes and i have to tell you i honestly after game 4 i really thought that maybe he had hit a wall and yet he just and that stop he makes on the deflection in overtime i can't remember now whether it was in the first overtimer or before the Corey Perry, well, it was obviously before the Corey Perry goal, but uh, a, a toe save that is just unbelievable. I continue to marvel at the man because he it's just such it's just such a great story. And and truly, at least for me, when it looked like, OK, maybe this is this is all she wrote, that this is the end of the road. He's he found a way to extend the star season and, and to give them hope for who knows what happens tonight.
1: Yeah, not much has changed with him. Um, first of all, I think as you know, his his personal dynamic that he brings to the locker room is is one thing, and you really want that in your support goalie. But the other thing with him is I, I, I believe, and he still believes it, like 14 years after he emerged on the pro scene, he still believes that people don't believe in him. And because of that, he's able to crash through. And this, everything was aligning that way, even in this series. I'll, you know, old Dobie's coming off the rails finally. He's tired, nice run, you know, and then that game emerges, right? So I know him a little bit and, you know, being around him for a couple of seasons in Carolina, and that's the one thing with him. Um, he really thought he could be a starter, a real starter. It hasn't happened for him. It doesn't mean he hasn't been a great national hockey league or like the guy we've never seen for one minute in this series on the other side curtis mcelaney he's an, another 12-year pro that's done the same thing it's not an easy job and but, but Hudobin has has been a brilliant story, and and if Dallas wins, you know again it's it's Pavelski, it's Haskinen, it's Hudobin, it's guy, guys like this who are going to be in the the conversation for the consmite. Smythe. Uh,
0: before I let you go, John, I'm, uh, because the, we're outside the bubble, of course, the hockey machinery continues to to whir along, and we've seen all kinds of things. I, I, I think of the for, you know former Canes captain uh, Eric Stall heading to Buffalo. We now have all three stalls back in the Eastern Conference. Now, Mark Stahl over the weekend, moving on from the only club he's known, the New York Rangers. What a great career for him in New York with the Rangers. uh, Traded along with a second round pick to the Detroit Red Wings um, as the Rangers try and free up some cap space and and they continue on their rebuild. Um, I think Mark Stahl is going to be an important part of that uh, You know, sort of evolution in Detroit. Do you get it? Is within the bubble? Like, do you feel that you are sort of at arm's length from all the other things that are happening in hockey, or is there also a sense in the bubble that as soon as this moment is over, maybe it's tomorrow morning, maybe it's Thursday morning, that that the walls are going to come down and you're going to go right back into draft, free agency, and and you know, sort of hit the hockey world in its other life if if you will in, in midstream I, I wonder what that dynamic's been like
1: yeah we had a we had chat about this I think it was last night over dinner uh, Eddie and and Bush and myself and I said you know listen when when we go home <clears throat> pay attention right we we're gonna have to pay attention because I think there's going to be a boatload of news uh, you have the draft and then you have these teams who not only have a flat cap but have self-imposed caps because of the the constraints of this pandemic and and businesses that have and owners businesses that have been damaged and what they're going to be able to do so I think guys are going to be moving all over the league and I said because of that if you want to go on vacation that's nice but don't mentally check out because whenever this amps up again we're going to forget who's playing for on which team and it's going to be harder to harder to do your job you know so I think it's exciting um, I, I just hope Scotty that we get the the at some point you know clarity on where we're going because that's the black hole, that's the danger right now. And it, it's very similar to where we were in June where a lot of people you know, kind of dissed this situation and didn't think this could be pulled off by the league. So I think they have a plan, only they know what it is. And I think they're gonna wait again to see where this is in November before determining you know, when we ratchet up the season again. And I think that's smart because um, this thing politically, From a health standpoint, it changes daily, right? So you just have to kind of navigate. I think Bettman is, with the Players Association, with Donald Fair, they've done a really good job trying to navigate without, you know, rolling out a plan right away and saying we're locked in on this and then having to change or not have it come to fruition.
0: All right, final question. We talk about free agency. Never mind Alex Petrangelo, Torrey Krug, Taylor Hall. Those guys, with all due respect to them, pale in comparison to maybe the biggest name on the – free agent market, certainly in the broadcasting free agent market. And you and I and talked about this with Eric. Um, I, I, I care to break any news here about what lies ahead for John Forslund. Um, the world is your oyster, my friend. Uh, any, any thoughts beyond just catching up with your family about what happens next for you? No,
1: I, I appreciate you saying that. If I, ha- if I had news, I, I, would, I would share it with you. I, I have zero. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, again, when we get home, Figuring out and you know where these options are and what they are. So I have nothing concrete for the next season. We're going to have discussions with a variety of different people, and uh, and see what's best. And uh, you know, I- I'm confident things are going to work out. I-, I think they are. But I also am a little. Uh, You know, a little worried about it, like anybody would be, Um, uh, still a bit shaken by what happened, but we're moving by it and we're we're getting on to new days and better days. So uh, we'll see. But the, the next month or so should determine a lot of that for me.
0: Well, you've certainly earned whatever respite at home and catch up time with your family. Uh, but my guess is here. What do I know? I'm in a closet in Decatur, Georgia. Uh, my guess ah. is that your phone, your phone's going to be ringing pretty steady as soon as the dust clears on this. But uh, always that. a pleasure to have you with us, John Forslund. You should, of course, be watching on NBC and give John a follow on Twitter at John Forslund. John, have a great day. Enjoy the last... Hours, maybe the last two or three days in the bubble, yeoman work by you, and and thanks so much for coming to hang out with us. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure, Scott. Thanks so much.
0: I always find John is uh, is is a little bit modest because I, I, I got to tell you, there's zero chance that uh, he won't be in high high demand. One of the best play by play guys in the business, and uh, you know as he alluded to, his long career in Carolina now uh, in the books, but. Uh, I can't wait to find out where he lands once we figure out what the plan is for 2020 slash 21. What else? Game six, Monday night. Who knows what is the outcome? In between, though, Craig Custance. Craig Custance, he may be the busiest guy in in pod land. He's got two full episodes of the full 60 this week. Um, The first one, he is chatting with Renee Hess, founder of the Black Girl Hockey Club. And which should be a ton of fun. I'm really interested to see uh, what that discussion entails. And the second episode will be a return of the Prospects series with the Athletics prospect guru, the man who knows it all, Corey Pronman. So check both of those out on the full 60 at the Athletic. Judd Brackett, director of amateur scouting for the Minnesota Wild, joins Michael Russo this week on Straight from the Source at the Athletic. Should check out our comments section for each podcast episode at the Athletic app, and rate and subscribe to Two Man Advantage on Apple. If you aren't a subscriber to the Athletic, subscribe now and say We're a million subscribers and counting every day. That's such a cool number. Go to theathletic.com/two-man-advantage, and you can receive an all-access subscription for just one dollar a month. Tomorrow morning, we will be back here. Will we be toasting? A Stanley Cup championship in Tampa. We're preparing for a Game 7. Guess you'll have to come back here tomorrow morning to find out. Thanks for hanging out with us.